You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi everybody, it's Russ from My Hammers 11. I hope everyone is safe and well. Today's guest, he was a former sports editor for News of the World and lifelong West Ham fan. It's Paul McCarthy. Hi Paul, how are you? Yeah, Russ, good. Thanks. Well, you know, as good as well as we can be in these very strange times. Very, very strange. We'll, we don't know what, what's happening, but uh, it doesn't matter. We're not talking about anything like the pandemic. No. It's all about West Ham. All about it's nice, nice, to talk, nice to talk about anything other than, the, than COVID-19. At the it's, uh, exactly. It's a, bit, it's a bit of a relief, frankly. I know, exactly. Um, so what we're doing, we're interviewing loads of, loads of fans all over the world, different ages, about their memories of West Ham, as well as sort of finding out a more, bit more about the, the players that meant the most to them, or might have meant the least to them. It doesn't really matter. Um, mm. So that's what we're trying to do, and sort of catalogue all these memories for prosperity on YouTube. So, uh, yeah, we've got a really good sort of response so far. Um, so obviously, thank you for your time, Paul. Appreciate you. You're busy. Oh, pleasure. Uh, um, in terms of your sort of West Ham fan career, so to speak, um, <laughs> as, as illustrious it may be, um, what was your... Burden, is the word you're looking for. Exactly, exactly. What would, what would be your sort of earliest West Ham memory, Paul? I was trying to think this when, we, when you contacted me and I was just trying to think back. I would say... I think it was the 1974-75 season um, would have been the first time uh, I went. I would have been, what, I would have been about eight, I think. Yeah. And, no. and then you just, you go and uh, it, it becomes, it becomes part of your, I don't know, heritage, birthright. I'm not sure what the word is. Um, you know, we would, we joke West Ham fans as it, as, it, as it is being a burden. Um, I remember, uh, just to divert, divert a little bit, I remember my, taking my son, well, I didn't take, I was working for the, um, uh, the FA Cup final against Liverpool. Um, and obviously, we thought we'd won it. And then Gerrard pops up and then penalties. And, uh, and I was up in the press box. Um, but uh, my son, who's 20, 22 now, um, he went with my dad and a load of friends and uncles 
Um, and he was in tears at the end. Uh, it's not the first game that he'd been to see, but it was um, it was the first time he'd seen West Ham in uh, in an FA Cup final uh, or any kind of final really. Um, and he was in tears at the end of it to take him to uh, to Wembley again. Um, and just him and I uh, when we beat um, when we beat Blackpool in the yeah. playoff final. So it, it's like that. I, I think you know your, your your whole memory is your whole memories about West Ham, uh, any club you support, I guess, are, are, are always coloured by the, the, the massive highs and, and the massive lows. And that's what I've said to my son. That's, uh, it's part and parcel of being a football fan. It's especially part and parcel of being a West Ham fan. But um, there's, nothing, there's nothing better than actually um, being, as a youngster, I guess, like eight, nine, ten, however old you are, just being part of a mass, if you like, and a mass of love who shares the same desires, shares the same ambition. And that's what it's being about. And it's, 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 it's like being an individual in a crowd, but feeling part and parcel of that. And that's what, you know, that's what being a football fan for me is all about. Being a West Ham fan, especially at night games at Upton Park on the mm-hmm. chicken run, wherever you may have been, you know, in, in, the, in, the, in the safe seats uh, later on. The Bobby, Bobby Moore upper, um, and and then basically just growing up with those kind of memories, night games, you know, walking from the tube station to the ground, you know, all the smells, you know, yeah. whatever, whatever they were cooking, <laughs> whatever meat the, that was yeah. uh, in the in the burgers, um, <laughs> um, you know, and and the root and the routine. Those are the memories, just that, in, you know, which 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 will stay with you for life. Mm, yeah and i remember when you'd go yeah as you said when you had your your spot you go in the concourse if someone was there before you oh, you get the arm you go well we stand here we're gonna we, lose we, now we, yeah we're gonna <laughs> lose <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> and you oh. would wear and you would and you would wear the same things as well it's ridiculous yeah. even, if you'd, even if you'd lost the last game you would still oh yeah but if i wear this again oh yeah it's just it's it's mad i mean i never ever ever and I had it drilled into me, never wear colours, you never wear a top, you know, yeah. you're not a player, you don't wear your, uh, listen, no, no disrespect, because you've got your shirt, you've got your shirt on now. Not, it's not a I match never, day, so it's all right. <laughs> no, that's fine, that's fine. I never ever wore a kit, never wore a kit. And if I saw people wearing, a, if, if somebody said to me, oh, you know, you, why don't you put your kit, no, 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 never wear a kit, never wear a kit. And it was, you know, drummed into me, you're, you're not a player. You go and support, you know, if you've got a flag, uh, a scarf or, or whatever, fine. But I never, ever wore, I never wore a kit to the game. And, mm. and I don't know, it, it's, it's just something that always stuck with me. And my son now, I say, no, if you go, don't ever wear a kit, you know. It's just one of those silly little things. Yeah, no, I know, I know. Everyone has their own silly superstitions. Yeah, and that's, so, that's what it is. It's a, it's a silly little yeah. idiosyncrasy that you have. And that's the thing. It's just that's that's what is funny about this channel. All these little things are coming up, and it, it just everyone can relate to the the stories and things. And as you said, like the FA Cup final, but then going to Wembley, yeah, you know, properly Wembley uh, for the playoff final, and yeah. all those sort of yeah, it sort of eradicates that two thousand and six memory. And obviously, wasn't it? We went three years in a row to Cardiff, didn't we? Because I think we yeah. had two playoff finals, which we yeah. won, we won one, lost one, and then then Wembley's so then uh, the FA yeah. Cup final. So. Yeah, way, yeah, Neil Neil Shipperley will always Neil Shipperley, yeah, and that bloody song though, that Crystal Palace song, "Glad All Over." Yeah, oh, yeah but I mean, but how, I don't know about you, Russ, but that was just embarrassing. All the t-shirts that the that the club had printed for the players, like 
more than a club and and it was just it was just i was embarrassed mm. well it's it's it, hindsight's a lovely thing isn't it with these yeah, things isn't yeah. it but uh, if it was the other way around we would have been hey you know everyone yeah, exactly. yes, yeah, yeah. and that's the fickle world of football isn't it so yeah. you said one week there you're a, you're a fan favorite next week you're you're a you know been trolled on into on, on Twitter, so, yeah, so yeah, <laughs> right. Let's 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 go on to your 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 eleven. So as I said, okay. there's, a, there's a few rules. Um, oh right, yeah, okay. Just just to, just to narrow on. you. Yep. One of them is um, try and keep it to a four four two formation. Um, oh yeah, done that. Done that. Is it? Yeah, I mean, it is. A, yeah, it is a four four two. So I'm, I'm sticking to that. That's fine. That's okay. yeah. As long as you haven't put like Paolo Di Canio right back or something, that, that's fine. And then we'll come on to that. Okay. All right. Looking forward to that. A spoiler alert. Then. Um, so um, the other one is you have to be alive to have seen them play. Um, so obviously I can't put in. Yeah. Bobby Moore, but I could put in Malky Mackay. Andy Melville, someone like that. Okay. If I really wanted to. Fair, sounds like a fair swap. Sounds like a fair swap to me. <laughs> yeah, it's all yin and yang. Um, and the last one is, it's your 11. So it doesn't have to be the best players. It can be, uh, it's your no, favourite no. players. Or it could be the worst players or, the, or yeah. the best. Whatever, it's up to you. And that's a great thing. Yeah. So who have we got in yeah. goal for Paul's 11 then? Uh, Phil Parks. Yep. Um, I, I, probably, an obvious, probably an obvious choice. Um, but I remember him playing for, um, playing for QPR thinking oh, well, how, how good is he um, wasn't so sure about the Cossack hairspray adverts but um, when we uh, when we bought him and I think it was uh, 560 560 grand which was a world record wow. um, for a goalkeeper at the time and Manchester United had, had been trying to sign him and everybody thought he would go to Manchester United and then he rocks up at West Ham because we paid the money and it was um, I think it was um, I think it was one of those signings that you went, oh my God, he is absolutely brilliant. And there's no disrespect to anybody who may have played in goal before him, but, you know, that was a real statement. And, yeah, it, you know, he gave us, what, nine, nine years of um, brilliant, brilliant service. Funny enough, I looked him up in the record books um, before I came on because I wanted to see actually how many games he played because he seemed to be there forever for me. But he played exactly the same amount of league games for West Ham as he did for QPR, 344. Mm-hmm. So... Um, you know, every uh, people who I know at QPR talk about you know talk about him as being their favourite goalkeeper at QPR, and he was by far and away the best goalkeeper I, I've ever seen at West Ham. And I just thought he was great. Everything about him, I think he was. I don't think you'd ever classify him as being cool or suave, but he was. He he just had that. He just had a really good image about him, and he was um, he was just a very very good goalkeeper. Yeah. Yeah. Fair shout. I think, yeah, I think hard, hard to disagree with that, Paul. That's, that's for sure. Right, so we put Parksy between the sticks. Who are we going for as your left back then? Oh, left back, starting that way, eh? Mm. Um, it was a bit of a toss up, um, but in the end, I went Frank Lampard Senior. Yep. Um, as, uh, yeah, I just think he was, uh, I think he was really underrated by the fans. I think he was, you know, he, he played for England. People seem to, seem to forget. You know, it may have only been a couple of times, but he played for England. I think he was uh, in, incredibly consistent. Um, West Ham fans will always remember him for the 1980 uh, FA Cup semi-final yep. replay where he fell over in the six-yard box and it bounced up the top of his head and into the bottom corner against, uh, against Everton. And then the fantastic um, jig around the, uh, around the corner flag. Um, 
but he was he was a very composed player. Um, we talk about left backs now as as you know providing you know they've got to be as good going forward as they were defensively. And Frank Lampard was really good going forward, very strong. Once he got on one of those runs going forward, it was difficult to um, difficult to stop him. I mean, I, I I toyed with Julian Dix. I just felt Julian Dix was a bit too cliched for me. I just think he he felt like he was playing up to the fans too often to be the sort of um, hard man, stereotypical sort of no bully boy kind yeah. of uh, kind of defender. But, but Frank, nobody knows him, will call him, um, takes it for me. Okay, Frank, no problem. So put Frank Senior in and we'll put Senior in just in case. Um, <laughs> yeah. right. Okay, so put Frank, we'll, we'll go the other side. We'll do right back. Who we got on right back then? Okay. then? Tonka. Tonka. Ray Stewart. Yeah. Um, no nonsense, not exactly too many thr- thrills about him. Um, second best penalty taker I've ever seen behind Matt Letizia. Um, completely different in style, yep. but just one of those, just one of those players who you just liked. I think the fans loved him. You know, you know, there were times when every player, good, bad, or indifferent, the, the fans might get on their back. I never heard anybody get on on Ray Stewart's back. Mm. You know, and I think he was. I think he was just outstanding. He was just reliability. If you wanted, uh, you know, the biggest tribute you could pay is I never saw him have. I don't think I saw him have a game where you would have marked him below seven out of ten. Yeah, sure. Yeah, no, exactly. And 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 with with Ray as well. I mean, you know, he's still so revered when he comes on the pitch at half time or. There's a, a union yeah. thing with like with Billy Bonds with the stand and stuff. It doesn't look like he's changed either. No. He's still got, now. He's still got a, still got the same haircut. And you still can't understand what he says. No, 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 no. <laughs> and I, listen, I'm not sure too many left wingers understood what he said. He no. said that you're you're only gonna go one way and that's in row Z. Exactly. And that and that ability to hit a penalty like yeah. as hard as nails, no one does that anymore. No one does it. No. It's all the dinks no. and the little side foots and actually... Yeah, I never saw him. I, and you knew what he was going to do. And I think the goalkeepers knew what he was going to do. But, you know, the, the, the power and the accuracy was, was phenomenal. Yeah, no, I agree. Okay, so put Frank, Frank on the left. Lampard senior on the left, put Ray on the right. Who are we going to have at centre-backs then, Paul? Right, my two centre-backs are Rio Ferdinand and Alvin Martin. Yep. Um, two completely different players. Um, Rio, I think, you know, okay, he, he may not have had the peak of his career at West Ham, but anybody who saw him from the youth team upwards, which, which, I, which I did, mm. um, uh, just immense. One, I probably put him in my top three best ever West Ham, West Ham players. Wow. Um, I just think he, everything about him oozed class. Um, he came in, he was very raw, but you know, and, and he did make he made his mis- he made his mm. mistakes, but you just knew that we, you were in the presence of greatness when you watched um, when you watched Rio play. Um, one of the best passing defenders I've ever seen. Loved the way when he was at West Ham and, and it followed on at Leeds, where he broke out from the back. I know Sir yeah. Alex Ferguson put a kind of stop to that. He just wanted his defenders to defend, but he could have played. He could have played. Um, he could have played anywhere. Uh, across the back four. He could have probably have played anywhere in midfield. If you mm. think about it now, he, he would have been the perfect holding midfielder now. Not the sort mm. of scurry around type, but the sort who could actually launch attacks from that place. And mm. 
I wish I wish he'd have been able to stay longer, but that kind of money you 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 couldn't you couldn't turn down. Um, and I listen, I've I've got to know him over the years. And listen, I know he's made his mistakes off the pitch, uh, but on the pitch, exemplary, absolutely mm. exemplary. Yeah, well, Harry called him Rolls Royce Rio, didn't he? And, yeah, uh, it did. Yeah. It's very, very yeah. true. Okay, so and 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 Alvin obviously he's going to partner him. Yeah, completely different player. If you wanted a defender, to, a West Ham defender to defend for your life, I'd go for Alvin. I'd go for Alvin Martin. What you see is what you got, but what you got was absolutely immense. I I I, I loved him as a player. I like him as a bloke. I've got to know him over the years. Um, from his work in the in in the media, yeah. he's just he's just an absolutely straight up and down fella. Um, I think all the players that I've picked had something in common in that they knew what pulling on the shirt meant. There are mm. there been lots of lots of West Ham players who have probably probably been better players than the eleven that I've picked, but not all of them recognised or realised what it meant to play for the club. Sure. Uh, Alvin Martin did. From from the from it, from the first moment he put on a West Ham shirt and put his boots on, he was the kind of guy that you wanted to you wanted to have at your side as a as a fan. Again, a bit like Ray Stewart as a fan, he never you never felt that he'd let you down in any game. No, agreed. And I think uh, and I, I like the way Rio and Alvin would complement each other potentially. Yeah, I mean, you you just have Alvin going. You know, Alvin would be uh, your 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 kind of Vidic character when yeah. Rio and Vidic played together when they yeah. were the best two. Best two central defenders in the in in the country in Europe probably as a pair, um, and I think Alvin and Rio would have been exactly the same. I like that. Okay, so we got we got your back four, we got your back five now. Okay, so who it goes in midfield then, Paul? Who's going to go? Who's going to go left wing? Let's go left wing. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I don't know. Um, I'm just gonna go. I'm gonna play a diamond. I'm gonna play four. That's fine. But it'll be a but, it, but it'll be a diamond. That's if fine. If there's any criticism of this team, it will be that they're lacking width. <laughs> but with Ray Stewart and uh, Big Frank going on the um, yeah. on the overlaps, then I think we I think we we can we can box that off. So, so at the base of the diamond, I've got Bonzo. Yeah. So him, um, yes, he was a hero. He was he was everybody's hero. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I've only ever met him once. He was the most unassuming character mm. that um, you could ever wish to meet. And, and listen, the tales of him are legendary about sort of, you know, um, made his debut for Charlton, never, never, never leaving South London through the Blackwater Tunnel every day to training. Um, impeccably, it, it, trained impeccably, no frills about him, did his job, went home. There was no, there was, there was nothing else about him. All he wanted to do was play football for West Ham. Great captain, the best captain that I think we've ever had. Lifted the FA Cup twice. Um, I remember in that the '75 team, there was him, um, Frank Lampard, and uh, Graham Padden. All had the same beard and moustache, and it was they were really sort of yeah. they, yeah, and the yeah, and the long sort of like '70s hair as well. And it was like, yeah, it. I remember when the FA Cup final used to be special, when the ITV and BBC would have the same, they'd have exactly the same match, but they would be in different camps. And I think it was ITV were in the West Ham camp. ITV went in the West Ham bus and BBC went in the Fulham bus. I think the Fulham bus was a bit more glamorous because it had Moro and, <clears throat> excuse me, Rodney Marsh and people like that. But there was, um, they, were the, they were like the three Desperados with the, with the, with the, rugged beard and the, and the no-nonsense looks and 
yeah, Bonzo was um, Bonzo was always a bit of a hero for me. I have to say, um, yeah. just a really, really good. You know, playing this you know, complimented having Tre- Trevor Brook in, I'll come along to in a second, but complimented him that sort of win at all cost mentality, mm. um, but not not nasty, just well, you know, just so hard, um, and carried West Ham on on many an occasion when you know the the more more of the leading lights weren't yeah. uh, weren't at the races and yeah. just great just thought he got treated abysmally abysmally by the club when he was manager um uh and um never saw him again would have played for england had he not uh, had he not had an uh, injured toe um I, I i i wish he had picked up an england cap um because i think that would have been you know a great testament to um, to a mm. career that ended only when he was what, what was he 40, 41 years old when he played Something his last crazy. game for West Ham. Crazy, yeah, yeah, absolutely crazy. All right, okay, so we put Bonzo in. Yep. Yeah. Who else? Who's who's next, Paul? Who's next? Okay, so either so Bonzo at the yeah, at the base of the diamond, the two points either side of him. Probably no no um, uh, probably no surprise. Trevor Brooking. Yeah. Um, one of the best moments of my life and one of the worst moments of my life all came in one I played against Trevor and I had to mark him in midfield and um <clears throat> excuse me and uh he nutmegged me and I wanted to boot him up in the air but I couldn't obviously because he's Trevor Brookin and it was hugely embarrassing um, but it was also one of those moments where you think, okay, I mean, the, uh, I, the guy still got something about, I'm not sure how old he was, but I was 18, 19. I was back in those days quite fit and I put myself about a little bit and he nutmegged me like, I, you know, it was the easiest thing in the world. And I was hugely embarrassed, <laughs> but um, it was, it was also one of the moments of my life because I could go back to my dad and say, oh, I played against, played against Trevor today. Uh, how, how did you do? Oh, yeah, all right, all right, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, he nutmegged me once, but you know, so we laugh about that. We still laugh about that. But I've got to know Trevor over the years, been very fortunate to get to know Trevor um, quite well. Uh, he is an absolute gentleman. I know everybody says it, and I'm sure it's a cliche that he's sick and tired of hearing, but he's just a wonderful human being. Um, I think what he's done for West Ham as a player, as a manager, as an ambassador, I think. You know, him and Bonzo are just right up there at, at the very pinnacle of um, West Ham's heritage. Yeah, totally agree with that. Okay, so put Trev on, on one side then of that diamond. Okay, who are we going to have on? Just just Mark carry Noble. on, Paul. Yeah, Mark Noble. I love the way that he's helping Declan Rice to develop. I hope Declan Rice stays for for, for a relatively long time. He's not going to be there forever. But, but to have... Mark Noble alongside you, um, tutoring you just on what the game means, what football means, how to get through a game, how to manage a game. There's nobody, there's nobody better. I thought about two or three years ago he'd gone. I thought his legs had gone. I thought, you know, he never he was never the quickest. Um, but he's he's a very intelligent player and he's now found himself a position where he doesn't have to do the sort of shuttling the dog work in midfield anymore. His positional sense is, is absolutely top class. I think he's a very, very good leader. Um, you know, he's a decent passer of the ball. Um, he could score more goals for my liking over the years. Um, but he is dependable. He's there. And at the moment, when 
I think this current West Ham team for the last three or four years has been uh, slightly faceless, slightly lacking in character and personality. Mark Noble has, Mark Noble has led by example, is led from the front. And um, yeah, just, just, just a top class individual, top class bloke. Yeah, um, yeah. Totally. Really, you know, I'm not saying he's the best player I've ever seen. Um, but, you know, I'd, I'd have him in my team all the time, every time. A bit like Billy Bonds. Billy Bonds is not the best player I've ever seen in a West Ham shirt. But he's the one I'd want in a West Ham shirt yeah. every moment of every game. And that's what's important to this this eleven. Yeah. Um, okay, so put Nobes in. So who's going to be that uh, that that last point? He's going to be in that, in that the diamond. The point for diamonds. Listen, it it would be an unusual position for him, but he was so such a great player, and I mean truly a great player. That Alan Devacher could play. He was with the ball. He could pass a ball. He could score a goal. He was. You know, he looked like a gust of wind would blow him over. Um, but he was hard. He took the knocks. Um, unfortunately, you know, he, 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 had, he had his share of injuries, which, you know, curtailed his West Ham career. But just a beautiful player. Um, you know, when you, when you talk about players that you love watching, Alan Devonshire, the way he would pick the ball up all, quite deep at times, in, in almost, you know, 10, 15 yards the other side, uh, in, a, in West Ham's half. And then suddenly, in the blink of an eye, he was past two or three players, and he'd be on the edge of the box. He was um, his creativity was outstanding. He was he was bright. He always wanted the ball. He was never scared of a situation. He never looked overawed. Um, never got to know him. Never got to meet him. Um, but just looked at him from afar and thought, "Yeah, uh, what what a great player he would be." Um, again, he'd be in my top three as uh, all time heroes. Him. Him, Bonzo, and uh, Sutrev—they would be—they would be my—they would be, my, um, they would be my, uh, my my top three West Ham players that I've seen over the years. Sure, and uh, as someone already said before, five grand—what can you get for five grand these just, days? Yeah, just a, just when you got the ball, well, when he got the ball, rather, you were excited. There was a there was a there was a buzz, yeah. and uh, uh, yeah, over the years there've only probably been a handful of players who got you out of your seat. Um, he was certainly one of them. Yeah, agreed. Okay, so we'll put Devin. Okay, who's going to be spearheading your attack then, Paul? Who Probably are you predictable to the last, I would say, but Cotty and McAvenny. Okay. You know, I can't yeah. split them. You know, I'm going to talk about them as a pair because they were always a pair. Yeah. Brilliant. Both brilliant players. The sort of, you know, when you look back on great the, the great West Ham teams, you would put those, whatever era you're in, you'd probably put those two and in the team and think, yeah, they couldn't, they couldn't be matched as a pair. Not saying individually. Individually, they were very good players. Both excellent goal scorers, top finishers. But they just complemented them, and that's why I've put them. That's why they're you know Cotty and McAvenny, McAvenny and Cotty. They are they're not interchangeable, but they are there as a they're there as a pair. Um, and uh, yeah, they, listen, their goal record, their goal tally speaks for themselves. The, the way they carried West Ham, um, you know, there was there was glamour about any. I wasn't always sure about. Um, you know, his lifestyle off the pitch. But Cotty was a great player, really, you know, industrious, smart, worked hard at his game, knew where he had that Gary Lineker thing about him where he, you knew if the ball broke in the box, he would be there. Sure. He would be absolutely on it. He read the game brilliantly. McAvenny um, was far more flamboyant um, and was probably far more of a natural player and a natural um, striker. But Tony Cotty worked hard and you speak to people who 
played with Tony Cotton every day. He was work, work, work on his finishing, work on his movement off the ball, work on finding that little element of space in the six-yard box that defenders, you know, couldn't, didn't know how to pick him up or, or where to find him. McAvenny was more skillful. McAvenny was more elegant as a player. But as a pair, they were, they were absolutely fantastic. I, listen, I hold my hands up. It, it's entirely predictable to pick those two. I'd be astonished if, if, if they weren't in nine out of ten people's elevens. Uh, but, uh, you know, you, we touched on it earlier. If you're asking me whether Di Canio gets in ahead of either of those two, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Uh, Di Canio, probably more skillful, more talented, um, more blessed as a player, but mate, he never played outside the M25 in a in a game that really in a game that really mattered. He let the team down. His attitude stunk to high heaven, um, and uh, I just found him to be. You know, you speak to managers who work with him. Sorry, I was getting yeah. getting over getting over excited there. Managers who work with him, um, you know, would say, yeah, he's a great player, but and there was always a but. Um, and with with the players that I've picked in this team, I don't think there was ever a yeah, but kind of mm. attitude to it, you know? Sure. Yeah, it makes sense. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's... Uh, would you argue with that? Would you argue with De Canio? Would you, De Canio be in your 11? Hey, I, I wasn't... I mean, to be honest, I, I mean, I started around... My, my West Ham career was probably 92, 93, so I never saw Macca play. Um, I wasn't sort of... So, yeah, I mean, he was in mine. Um, but that's, that's the idea of this. The idea is everyone's got their own opinions and, and, yeah. and love some players and hate some players. You know, I love John Moncur and that's, that was the year yeah. I was born up in. So, you know, it's, and that's what's great. You know, although those a few predictable names come up in most people's, some people have put in, you know, McAvenny, some people put Di Canio, some people put in Declan Rice, you know, Devs have yeah. lots. But, you know, you've got a nice balance i think in your team as well i think you've got a few yeah if people. anything it does lack a little bit of width I, and i'd be the first to admit <laughs> that but uh, but i want my i want my i want my uh, i want my le- my fullbacks getting forward so uh with tonka and uh big frank I, I think you wouldn't have to tell them twice to get forward no and if it all kicks off i think there'd be a plenty of boys who take the first take the first uh, <laughs> one to get stuck in there <laughs> so we got parks in goal we got a back four of frank senior uh, Alvin, Rio and, and Tonka then we've got sort of a, a quartet in, in midfield, we've got Bonds we've got Brookin, we've got Noble we've got Dev and up front we've got Macca and we've got Cotty I think that's a pretty solid team Paul to be honest, I think that's, that's going to do a job there Paul, that's for sure Yeah, yeah I think so, I would, listen they're not, it's not, perhaps not the most flamboyant West Ham team that you could, you could pick but I, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's a it's um it it would be solid yeah it'll be a seven you know yeah as you said like you know a lot of them will be seven out of tens every week and it'd be consistently over the year over the the season they're 11 of my you know my my favorite players and as i, I keep saying not necessarily the best players no. but, the, but the ones that i would you know and quite happily did pay to watch over the years and that's exactly the point of, of this series is it's, it's to find out about your 11 so Look, it's been an absolute pleasure, Paul. I've really, really enjoyed it. It's been some lovely, lovely stories as well. Um, a bit more insight than obviously maybe some fans, because obviously you worked, you, you might have worked with them and interviewed no. them as well. So it's, it's lovely to hear these, all the stories and anecdotes. Um, thank you. I really appreciate your time.
it's been really nice chatting yeah and, my pleasure Russ. and thank you to everyone for watching obviously like share subscribe watch watch all of them we've got a hell of a lot more coming on as well um but until next time thanks everyone bye-bye sports social podcast network Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.